funny as I thought I was going to be able to cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Let's, let's start. <laughs> That's a terrible start. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Justin, we got this. We got, we got this. this. Yeah, we can do what? this. <laughs> What's up, guys? I am Justin. And I'm Jordan. Welcome to another video game podcast. Where different gamers talk about different games. Absolutely. I am an RPG fantasy player and Jordan is a competitive shooter uh, kind of player. Mm-hmm. This episode's uh, and... right up my alley, man. Yeah, what are, what are we talking about today? Today is the one, the only... Dude, some of the best games, some of the best FPS games ever to come from this franchise. Battlefield. Battlefield, dude. It's not I the only l- battle. There's not one Battlefield. No, I know. I mean, the, the franchise as a whole. Like, some of the best games, like, some of the best first-person shooters have come from the Battlefield franchise. At least I feel like. That's... that's. <clears throat> now, this is going to be the first time where we haven't... Like, where one per- one of us has never even touched it. I've never touched a Battlefield game. You're missing out, and I I've seen a, I look I did a lot of research for this episode, and it looks like it. It looks like I've been really missing out because it looks yeah, it looks really fun. It really there, does. Okay, the most fun is when you have a squad of four, and you're all good at the game, because mm-hmm. what ends up happening is there's I feel like there's a much bigger learning curve in Battlefield than there is in something like COD. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially because of like understanding how the physics of the game works. Um, it's a lot more realistic. You deal with things like bullet drop is huge, especially in snipers. Um, like knowing, hey, midway through this particular map, a storm comes in. And you need to switch from like a long range gun to your short range gun because you're not going to be able to see more than ten feet in front of you, anyways. Oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And when I th- also physics, I mean, destructibility is something COD has never had, mm-hmm. uh, at least to my knowledge. And Battlefield loves. I mean, Battlefield players love being able to actually blow up a building and have it fall. Right. Like that's that's one of the that's one of the best things I feel like about Battlefield is especially like being able to know you can blow up a building, then hop out of your tank and go clear the, those ruins. I mean, oh, so much fun, so much fun. Yeah, I mean, I, from what I've seen, the physics are insane. Like I, I like how the wind can affect like when you use a flamethrower it'll affect which way it goes and also like it can change the trajectory of your grenade it can mm-hmm. uh like you there are gas bombs that will go with the wind um and it's crazy and real quick um disclaimer at the beginning of this i watched a video that was like top 10 things that battlefield players hate and number two was compared 
being compared to COD. We're going to compare it to COD yeah, just because that's a, that's a baseline for me. And that will honestly be one of the topics that we talk well, about. It's that, not just a baseline for you. It's a baseline for ev- like everybody's played COD. Like who hasn't played at least one COD? I, don't, I, can't name, I can't name a single person that hasn't played at least one, right? Where mm-hmm. tons of people don't play Battlefield. Tons of people. Yeah, that makes sense. And it, it, from what I've seen, it's they're two completely different games. They're both first-person shooters, and you know they have similar game modes, but they're two completely different beasts. So we're not gonna we're not gonna shit on you if you like one over over the other or um, anything like that. It, your game is your preference is your game, and they both look phenomenal. Um, and so. Speaking of looking phenomenal, <laughs> this is my personal opinion. Black Ops uh, Cold War, the most recent Call of Duty, came out in November of 2020. Battlefield 1 released in October of 2016, and in my opinion, it looks so much better. A thousand times better. A thousand times better. I can't remember. What is it? I think they use, is it the Unreal Engine? I think that's what it is. I think that's what they use. For a lot of games. You but. Yeah, it's it's incredible. I mean, I remember like watching gameplay for for Battlefield One. So Battlefield One, I think, is the best first person shooter of all time. So I will be talking Whoa. a lot about Battlefield One and why I think it's number one. Um, just to be clear, when I say Battlefield One, I'm not talking about the first Battlefield. I'm talking about what you said the the game that came out in 2016. They called it Battlefield One because it like, it's it's about World War One, like mm-hmm. that's where all the the maps take place. Um, also, the oh man, I don't even know. I feel so scattered because there's so many <laughs> things I want to talk about. <laughs> what were we? Let's let's get back on track. I do, Justin. Don't let me forget though. I do want to talk about like the history and how they work that into current Battlefield games. But we'll get yeah. there. Put me back on track. What were we talking about? So at first we were talking about the physics. Um, I, I think the first thing we should do is talk about what set it's what sets Battlefield apart from okay. other first-person shooters. One okay. of them, I think, is definitely the destructibility. For Absolutely. the amount of, for the size of map and the amount of players they have, the fact that there is such a, a large amount of destructibility, like most buildings can be blown to smithereens. Yes, um, and. Not even in just the buildings, but even like there's there's vehicle combat in this as well, which is huge. Um, tanks, planes, and weird mixtures of the two boats, just a like, ton of yeah, them. boats, yeah. And uh, those have destructibility now. Not just like oh, you have a health bar on this, and once it's at zero, it explodes. It's no, like if you're flying a plane, someone could shoot a wing out, and now that wing isn't working properly. Yeah, and so when that happens, the whole plane like tilts to the direction that it's not working, and you have to like hold a repair button where you can't move. Like, like if you're in a plane, you'll keep flying straight, and you won't like drop down, but mm. you can't turn. And if you're in a tank or another vehicle, I think you can't move, like while you're repairing the vehicle, and like for tanks, for example. Like, there's times when you will have one track that's been blown off of the tank, and so you're stuck, right? You can repair it from the inside, which will take forever, and if you've lost a track, then you're an open fucking target, 
right? But mm -hmm. you can hop out of the tank and repair it much quicker from the outside than you mm -hmm. can from the inside. So if you feel confident that like, hey, there's only like two guys here. Let me hop out real quick, clean these two kills, fix my tank and keep it rolling. I mean, there, you, I feel like the opportunity to have insane, insane kill streaks because of little things like that, where mm -hmm. you can kind of pick and choose your engagements that makes it very different from COD. Very different. Yeah. I've, I, what I've also seen, I, so like a lot of the clips that you see out there, if you just look up, you know, Battlefield gameplay are like top 50 craziest moves, craziest plays and stuff. And oh, it's yeah. nothing compared to what I've ever seen in the similar thing of Call of Duty. Call of Duty is just like a really skilled player getting a lot of high kill streaks. Yeah. Where like a lot of crazy ones from Battlefield can even just boil down to luck. And. Mm -hmm. It is pure Entire. chaos. They they try to go for like the design and everything is is very realistic and realistic weapons and realistic physics. But at the same time, it's one of the most chaotic and video gamey games I've ever seen in my mm -hmm. life. And by that I mean like what I mean by video gaming is like their bodies flying like hundreds of miles and <laughs> and yeah. it's it, the things that you could do it are never anything that can happen in real life and so it's a weird mixture of this realistic aesthetic and realistic physics along with like like planes glitching into each other <laughs> and yeah. I've seen I've seen people pull off amazing things like a, a plane flying upside down and it goes over another plane. The guy hops out of the, of the plane upside down and lands on the on the plane below it. Yes, yeah, and it's insane. Like I, I I quick I put down some quick notes of specific things I saw in the gameplay videos. And one of my favorites was this guy. This was from Battlefield Four. And okay. um, he put a C4 on his ATV. Yeah, I was going to talk about this. Yes, he was riding on what looked like a giant satellite dish or something. Yep, and, it had, and he ramped off of it. But right before he it ramped off, he jumped off, and there was a helicopter flying by, and he exploded it in midair, and it blew up the helicopter. And I'm like, that is insane. Mm -hmm. And I've never seen another game that could do a whole lot of stuff like that. Yeah. So it's it's such a confusing mess when you're an outsider looking in of like this everything's so realistic but yeah everything is so chaotic. Yeah, one of the coolest clips that I've ever seen from Battlefield was I think it was also in Battlefield 4 where somebody like was in a fighter jet, they flew their jet straight up into the air until the engine stalled. The engine stalled, they hopped out with a sniper, got a kill while falling and then because the plane, like, the plane didn't fall as fast because it had to, like, tilt back down. And so he then aimed back at his plane and got back into the jet and kept going. Like, Whoa. shit like that is wild. It's wild in Battlefield. Some of the things you can do are incredible. They're incredible. That, you know, it's ridiculous. Also, I was just watching one of those clips, and this is my note. It's from Battlefield 4. I just put sharks in all caps because I was so confused because I just saw someone riding in a boat and a giant shark just came out. I'm like, what is happening? This is yeah. a shooter. Yep. 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 <laughs> <Sharks>? So <laughs> it's another thing that like Battlefield is very much like the environment affects how you play the game. Right. Um, there's I know the map you're talking about. I can't remember the name of it, but 
Um, yeah, yeah. And actually in that map, there's an Easter egg where you can do some combination of actions and a giant Megalodon like jumps up out of the water like and then comes back down like and it's like massive yeah it looks huge yeah 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 yeah. there's some of the stuff that you can find in there is is insane it's insane so break down to me it sounds like the getting more into like a on track of the structure of the game it looks like there's a lot more focus on the classes there are actually different roles that you have like a medic and yes um and stuff like that and so they, they, that was the only one that really stood out to me what are the different classes um and we're mainly going to be talking about the newer ones like battlefield one and battlefield five that just came out mm-hmm. um and we will be comparing the two later um but uh what are the classes like yeah so i think there's always four you have a recon class, which is like your sniper. You'll have a support class, which is usually an LMG. And like your ability is you drop ammo for everyone. Oh, and recon, your ability is usually like what they call a radio beacon. So you put down this beacon and then your squad can always spawn on that beacon as long mm-hmm. as that beacon survives. Um, but yeah, yeah. So we have recon. We have... Uh, support there's an assault which is always like a sub and then usually your abilities are like lots of explosives so it's really good for taking down tanks um or like armored vehicles things like that you'll usually have rocket launchers or c4s or something along those lines um and then the last one yeah you have medic so your job is to heal and revive people um Mm -hmm. and this kind of goes back to what i was talking about earlier like having a good squad means the world in battlefield having like having one person who you know is dedicated to fill that role for your squad every time and does it well like you will change the course of a 64 player game which is four people right like that's not something that you can do in cod like we've all been there when we go 30 and 5 on nuketown but we still fucking lost Right. You know, like your performance directly impacts how the game goes. Yeah. Um, I really, now I, granted, I played a ton, a ton of Battlefield 1. My favorite role was always the snipers. And it's just because of how crispy, how clean, how fucking amazing some of those shots. Justin, what are you doing right now? <laughs> so you. We're, we're we're doing we're on video for the first time with each other so we can get better reactions from each other and I'm just eating my beard <laughs> oh my god okay but yeah some of the shots that you get like when you get a couple of good quick scopes and cod it feels good I mean it feels cool but when you are literally hitting like 1500 meter snipes in battlefield i don't know if that's actually accurate i don't remember but you get the point snipes (laughs) where like they are literally two pixels on your screen and you have to aim up and to the right to like calculate for for bullet drop and wind speed like some of the things 
that you have to try to keep in mind is fucking incredible. Like, yeah, I, I saw a clip um, like bullet penetration is a huge thing, too. Mm -hmm. Like I saw a clip in Battlefield one where a guy just shot one sniper bullet and five dudes were lined up and he got all five of them. Yeah, that's, and that's yeah, that's I'm sure that's like a one in a million type of shot, but that's insane. Something that's super common that Battlefield players always do or try to do. I would sit here for hours and try to do it. But you can snipe people out of planes. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's something you could never do in COD. And I wish that was a thing. But, I mean, you can sit there with your fucking sniper and try to, like, l try to lead off the plane and hit the pilot and get the kill. Like, that's it's incredibly hard to do, but... I mean, when you hit that, like, I remember hitting, I've hit one in the hundreds of hours that I've played Battlefield, and I lost my mind. I lost <laughs> my mind. Like, I destroyed half my room in excitement. I was, it was amazing. But, yeah, I mean, some of the things that you can do in Battlefield are just, they're absolutely insane. They're absolutely insane. Um, so in the squad, there's a squad leader. Mm-hmm. What is the role of the squad leader, and what is it like when you get a crappy one? Okay, so this is where I think Battlefield Five had a major issue. This is where I think they had a major issue. For the most part, in previous in previous battlefields, like all the squad leader really did was like mark an objective for your team to go for. So especially in a in a game like Conquest, in a game mode like Conquest, that's the thing we'll have to talk about too, is there's tons of different game modes. But Conquest is usually the bigger one. It's where you have access to the, f the full map, and it's essentially domination from Call of Duty, but there's like seven different locations. Seven mm -hmm. to ten, right? Um, and your, your getting kills gets your score as well, and the score is usually set to like a thousand or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, man, I'm losing my train of thought tonight. So when you're doing something like that, man, what was I even talking about? Man, I don't even know. Squad leaders. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So marking is super important because you, you started, started you started a sentence of like, when you, when you do that thing that I can't <laughs> know if I'm doing what, what do you like? I do that all the time, where I like start a sentence or just end a yeah, sentence like, by repeating I what I just about? said and being I like, I don't remember what we're talking about. <laughs> um, okay, squad leaders, yeah. So marking an objective is super important because you want your squad to like follow you and go to the same location, um, just so you can actually get objectives, um, so that you can win the game. In Battlefield Five, they gave the squad leader like certain abilities that only the squad leader could do mm -hmm. i fucking hated it because when you got a bad squad leader then it really did ruin your experience like what 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 roles did they get like i think a super common one was that you could call in like a like a like a, a really big rocket launch but only mm -hmm. the squad leader could do it and to me, I just, I didn't really like that. I, because if you didn't have a good squad leader who knew how to do that and knew how to call in score streaks myself, um, it, it just, I don't know. It just took away a lot. And I, I felt like, 
people were when you gave the squad leader certain abilities, people were not as inclined to actually work with their squad. Mm-hmm. Right? To actually like and that's one of the best things about the game is that when you got into a squad, your voice chat was only with your squad, not with your whole team. Mm-hmm. Right? And so you would communicate with these four or five guys, however big your squad is, and that was what you were doing. And man, I don't know. I just I I didn't really enjoy how Battlefield Five did squad leaders. It, it just didn't um, work for me. So were squad leaders are squad leaders appointed by the squad or is it randomly chosen? Um I believe if you are playing by yourself, it's randomly chosen. But if you no, no, no. It's randomly chosen every time. It's randomly chosen every time. If, the you game, got, if yeah. I got selected as a squad leader, could I give up that right before the game yes. started? Yes, you could. During the game, you can. Promote somebody else to squad leader. Mm-hmm. Squad leader was also nice, too, because you could kick people out of the squad that weren't playing, like, the objective. Right? So, if you were... If you had a squad where you were trying to convince the whole squad to push objective A... Right, but there's one jerk off who's sitting in the back with a sniper, <clears throat> myself, um, who just didn't want to push and instead was just go- going for clip kills. You could kick him, and it wouldn't really affect that player's game too much. It would either put them into a different squad or put them in a squad by themselves. Mm-hmm. Right, gotcha. and, and yeah, it sucks because in Battlefield, you can always spawn on your squad as long as they're not in combat, um, mm-hmm. or you can spawn on objectives. But like the from that person's like perspective, it, the game isn't really changed all that much just because they got kicked, and then they opens that spot up for that other squad to to get someone who will help them push the objective, so that you actually get a team that's working together to do the objective, and that's I think Battlefield really focuses on objectives. Like, it really focuses on objectives. Like, it is a mass-scale objective-based game, or, like, game. It always has been. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so, with the different classes, you mentioned that they're, like, this class gets an LMG and this class mm-hmm. gets a sniper. So it's not like Call of Duty where you can customize a class to have whatever gun you want and whatever mm-hmm. attachments you want. Nope. It, can you choose between different LMGs or different sniper rifles? Or is it mainly based attachments? Or how do you get attachments? No. So I think it depends on the game that you're playing, mostly. Um, for example, Battlefield 4 was very attachment heavy. Right? Battlefield 1 was very gun heavy where there were like abilities that you can unlock um but you know what i mean like there were yeah there were abilities that you could unlock in battlefield one and battlefield five so it was more like perks for the gun you could call them attachments if you want to but it was more like you know um increase suppression ability by 30 percent or mm-hmm. like um reduce weapon sway by this much which i mean it sounds like an attachment and it it just functions more like a perk so that way you you could pick your gun and then you could equip the perks for that gun that you want to use does that make sense but i mean yeah battlefield 4 still did have all it was very attachment heavy gotcha okay and are attachments just unlocked with level or is there even a leveling system 
Um, depends on the game that you're playing. So, um, I don't really remember how Battlefield 4 did it. I think in Battlefield 4, once you unlocked the gun, I think you had all the attachments. And you could just okay. build the gun out however you want. Mm -hmm. um, Battlefield 1 used a currency system. Ew. But it wasn't like... It wasn't like pay to win. You could never buy currency. Mm. Which was I thought was nice. You could always Wait, isn't isn't it EA? Yeah, it is EA. How, how does that work? I don't understand. That doesn't <laughs> I know. EA with no microtransactions does not does make any not compute. Oh, there were microtransactions, but it oh. was it was weapon skins. But Battlefield really never focused on weapon skins all that much. You know what I mean? So it was just yeah, you could, but it wasn't very important. And you could buy like you could buy skins for vehicles. You could buy um, different like clothing outfits for yourself. But it was usually all cosmetics. I think if mm -hmm. Battlefield actually did like a pay to win skill thing, their entire community would scream at them furiously because I the type of person that plays Battlefield is very different. I feel like than the type of person that plays COD. I feel like COD kind of relates more to your young teens um like your 10 to 15 year olds is um, kind of who it's targeted at i've always felt like battlefield was targeted for like your 16 to 25 year olds is it is it like this is a weird uh and i'm not this isn't me bashing call of duty i like call of mm -hmm. duty a lot so do i is is battlefield call of duty with like no training wheels or is it like is it just a more complicated system is it or if you're like really good at cod could you pretty easily transition to battlefield easily is not the word that i would use but it's possible um if you're really used to cod then i would recommend starting with either support or assault class because sniping is nothing like what you see in cod even the guns that what I do like about Battlefield is is there were guns that were clearly like meant as quick scoping guns mm -hmm. and it felt realistic because these guns would never have a they would always be iron sights they would always be um like one bullet at a time but it was still like a really fast motion and the gun itself wasn't huge or heavy or anything like that like it felt real you don't get that when you play Call of Duty at all. Like, you just... Right. Yeah, I mean, the heaviest gun in the game, you put the right attachments on it and you can quickscope. That's not the case in Battlefield. That's not that's not how that works. But that being said, I think, yes, you could with some practice. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's not going to be course. a walk in the park. I would probably recommend starting with a support class. I think support's probably the easiest to pick up um, just because you never run out of ammo. You're using an LMG. Which LMGs in that game or in Battlefield have always been, I feel like, pretty good. Although in Battlefield 4, there were a lot of really good sub choices because there was a lot of maps that subs did really well on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Battlefield 1, not so much. Battlefield 1 was a lot more about your long range engagements. Okay, interesting. Um, that's so different. It's so mm -hmm. different from COD. Um, one question or one subject that I have here is cheating. Hmm. It is rampant with cheaters. I see. Yes. Um, there's yes, an estimation that I got and I don't know 
the accuracy of this, but one in every 30 battlefield players cheats is a yeah. statistic that I got. And that is insane. Mm -hmm. That feels a little high, but not high for the old games. Like if you go try to play battlefield one now, there's usually one hacker in every lobby. Whoa. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard now. Like the games that they don't support anymore, they don't care about like banning people really. And the, I, the, I don't why do you think? Why do you think that is that Battlefield has so much, so many more hackers? I think it's the type of the game that that draws it in. Um, it's and it's very reminiscent of Warzone too. Something about these really long engagements makes hacking i feel like it makes it feel better you know what i mean because like if you're playing call of duty multiplayer and you're hacking yeah you might pop off but there's always going to be someone who runs up behind you behind you know behind you and just guts your neck or whatever mm -hmm. in Warzone or in uh battlefield you can set yourself up so that you can see people from like a hundred meters away trying to run up on you. Like you could just find a hill and just sit on top of that hill and then cheat and just lock on to people and see the whole map. Like you could, that that's the thing is I feel like in battlefield, there's always at least one spot on the map where you can see 80% or more of the map, mm -hmm. like from this one vantage point. And it's usually towards the center of the map and that it like drives engagements towards the middle. Um, for example, in Battlefield 4, there was a city map where the tallest building was the, the middle, like, conquest objective. Um, and so people would rush that, try to get on top, and then they could spend the whole game sniping and almost never die. Mm -hmm. But the trade-off to that is because Battlefield has destructibility, you shoot at that one building enough, it will fall. And everybody inside dies. Everybody awesome. inside dies. So that you can see crazy clips of people getting 20, 30 kills because they just got that last lucky shot on a building and was able to just blow it up and kill everybody inside. It was great. Yeah, the, it, it seems like even camping isn't safe in this game because of the destructibility. Yeah, I think that is a lot of it. It forces... Like, you can camp and sit in the back, but also in Battlefield, it doesn't feel the same. Like, I feel like camping is a lot more appropriate in Battlefield, especially if you're constantly looking at the whole map. Um, and you see, like, like you know, you pull up the mini-map so it takes up your whole screen, and you see, oh, there's a squad running towards my objective right now from this objective. I'm just going to hang tight wait for them to come to me and see if I can still hold this objective so that we'll win and get a couple kills out of it. That is the logical, appropriate thing to do in Battlefield, right? Mm -hmm. But that kind of behavior in Call of Duty, it's not the same. It's frowned upon. It's it's not just is it frowned upon. I feel like the the skill level goes down. You will not do well in COD camping the whole game. You might get a couple of crazy clips, but you're not going to do well overall. You're much better off moving around. Yeah, you're 
you may be safer in COD, but you're honestly just not going to see very many people if you just camp in one spot. The exactly. Maps, that's the way the maps are designed, is mm-hmm. if you're camping in one section, you maybe get a couple people. But the thing is, the respawn rate is so fast, and the maps are so small. If if someone like if, if someone's camping in a corner in COD, mm-hmm. and I run into the room, and I don't see them, and they kill me, I immediately know where they are, and I'm going to go yeah. right back where they were, and, and I'm going to throw a again. grenade right, right in their spot. And so there's no point. If you camp, you can get two kills and someone's going to know where you are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In Battlefield, because it's so big, you know, by the time you might be able to get back to that objective, I mean, half the game might have gone by. Wow. You know, like just depending on how the game went. And that's another thing, too, that I really want us to talk about is the different game modes that there are because conquest is the main one conquest is like that's i feel like that's battlefield's bread and butter however it's Mm -hmm. not my favorite i I do love it i do really like conquest but it's not my favorite tell me the differences so call of duty cold war Mm -hmm. has a mode that is a larger version of uh, for 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 example the one that we played which i no, not exactly fire team. There was another one that was domination, but he used a larger section of the map, and there are multiple objectives. Um, yeah, yeah it, that's that's called fire team conquest, I think. And then there's oh. fire team dirty bomb. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Because I remember when when we first played con fire team conquest in COD, we were playing on the boat map, which I can't remember the name of off the top of my head. And it went from one boat to like six, like five boats, and you mm-hmm. could zip line between them. And I was lost the whole time, and it sucked. <laughs> I yeah. hated it. And so, what's what are the differences between that and Battlefields? Absolutely. So, I feel like Battlefield spends a lot more time, and I think this is where COD could really learn something. Battlefield does not release a game every year. Because of that, their games are of higher quality. It's not fucking rocket science. You take longer to work on something, and it's better. I I don't know why Activision <laughs> can't figure this one the fuck out. <laughs> like you such like a you have like such a shrug, and you're just like I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's because they don't do it every year, because it's usually every two or three years that they release one, the games are of higher quality because they can spend more time working on them. It's it's not hard. Now, because of that, they can really take the time with map design. And one of the things I also really like is that, at least for, I know they did this for Battlefield 1. I'm assuming that they did it for Battlefield 5. I don't know about 4, because I think 4 is like an entirely fictit- like fictitious events. But Battlefield 1 and Battlefield 5 are about World War 1 and World War 2, respectively. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the Battlefield 1 maps are modeled after real Battlefields. This is where, like, the events actually took place. This is, like, a... It's not going to be copy and paste, but it's going to be pretty goddamn close to the a, how the battle actually took place in real life. It's a faithful recreation. Yes, it's a faithful recreation of the events of World War One and World War Two. There's a mission that I saw in in uh, Battlefield One about World War One in the story... 
um, which I've heard the story missions are okay. They're fine, but it's not the focus. And so, mm-hmm. but I've, I've heard they're pretty good. And, um, but I've, there was one because there's a, like, for example, if you play like Call of Duty, you're playing a main character and you may do mm-hmm. one or two missions where you play something as someone else, but yeah. you're playing a main character. And if you die as that main character, you restart the, your checkpoint because that's not how the story goes. Whereas in in Battlefield One, there was an entire mission where you started as a random soldier, and when you died, it would fade to black and white, and mm-hmm. it would say that character's name, their their year of birth, and their year of death. Yep. And then you would turn, you would, and then you would take over a different character, and another character, and another character, and it was purely to show you that how quickly lives could end during war and it was extremely like goosebumps. real goosebumps it was, right now yeah it was it was real and yeah. it was um and you like you would go from an infantry infantry soldier and meet and you would die it would say their name and their their year of year of death and then they it would, it would you would take over a guy that's in a tank mm-hmm. and um and so on and so forth and it was purely to show like oh this is this character's not responding. This was a person. Yeah. And they died. Yes. And, and that's how war works. Yeah, like that is how war works. Yes. I dude, I'm getting goosebumps just by you talking war. about that. And war never changes. Now I will say, never touched Battlefield 5's campaign, didn't give a fuck. Um <laughs> because Battlefield 5 was fucking dog shit. It was so bad. Why? But no, let me let me I'll get to that, I promise. <laughs> Um, but battlefield actually i think battlefield 5 did the same thing as battlefield 1 where the missions or like your campaign was story arcs of different characters through Mm -hmm. world war one and world war two um and so you would do for example in battlefield one i believe so you had that first mission where you start as like an infantry person and that's actually how the game tells how good you are it's how many people did you let die during that like opening scene wow yeah and that's how it sets the game difficulty so if you just don't die for that whole first mission then the game will be set to a really hard difficulty um for like the whole rest of the game but essentially like the first real mission that you play in that is you're a tank driver for like uh for the the british in world war one and some of the things that you go through i mean spoiler alert but i believe that story arc ends with your whole squad like your whole tank command dying including yourself and like it's heartbreaking and there's another one where you're like an american pilot who like sneaks in to the the british like royal air force to fly and you're like lying your way into it so that you can fly planes and then they find out and i think they try to arrest you and you escape and shit like that but yeah and these are all based off of like true stories like true events that actually happened during world war one and two um i really enjoyed that really enjoyed that because like one of the things that gets me about story games is if if i have a day to play video games i want to feel like i have a chance of actually completing the game that day and that takes that's when most video games nowadays that's not something that can be done yeah now i now i see why you don't play a lot of rpgs yeah yeah, exactly. But in the Battlefield story, you, that's something you could do. If you had four hours, you could carve out a whole character arc. 
and feel like you actually completed a, a part of the game. Hmm. Um, and so, I mean, I really liked Battlefield 1's at least campaign. I'm assuming Battlefield 5's campaign was fine. I don't know. Um, Battlefield 4's was forgettable, but I really enjoyed Battlefield 1 campaign. That's that's really interesting coming from you as a non-story-based character player. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it it if you haven't even seen just like the trailer for the story, um, go look it up. It looks beautiful, and like it, it's still like I said, it looks better than the most recent Call of Duty, which mm-hmm. I don't. It's just like you said, it, you work on something longer, it'll turn out better. It's weird how that works. I know, right? That's why this what podcast is shitty. It's because I don't we don't spend time doing it. That's because we we have like three fucking episodes. Like Yeah. No, it's <laughs> it's just because it's we just get off work and we're just like, let's talk about a video game for an hour. I know, right? I know, right? Um I'm looking over like our list here and I wanna is there anything that is on here? I mean, Justin, what about you? Is there anything that you really want to talk about or talk to me about? Well, you really wanted to talk about Easter eggs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that was the, like, the Megalodon was an example of them. I feel like we kind of already touched on that. I think there was a, go ahead. Are there the kind of Easter eggs that are, like, way complicated to get? Like, that, like, there are some that, some famous Easter eggs from different shooters that are, like, you have to go here in this specific map and it has to be sunny weather and you have to yes. use the butt of your gun to smack a pole here, here, and here. And then it'll give you like a random code and Morse code that you have to type into this weird key panel. And then you get like this all white skin, like stuff that like takes forever and you have to have a dedicated team for, for little to no reward. Yeah, so, it, yeah, it, it is kind of like that. <laughs> but um, usually the reward was some, like, really cool in-game effect. Like, you might be able to make Santa Claus fly through the map, you know, with his <laughs> reindeer and shit like that. That's or you cool. might be able to get, like, a Megalodon to jump up out of the water. Or, you know, there's... I will say, one of the things that's cool is, like, years later, people are still finding Easter eggs in Battlefield. That's cool. That's yeah, awesome. Like years later, like they don't, they don't spoil it at all. They let people try to figure it out. Um, I'm sure that there's some that people still haven't found. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Easter eggs are, they, they are really cool. They're a nice, it's like a nice little touch, a nice little bow on top there. Yeah. Oh, um, we got distracted. We didn't talk about game modes or at least the game. Like we talked about conquest, but I want to talk about some of the other ones. Oh yeah, go for it. Um one of my favorite, I think they called it I think they called it Rush. Right? This was my personal favorite um of the battlefield like the actual battlefield game modes. It was a tug of war type game mode where each of you guys, like each of your team, usually it's on like longer maps. Like mm-hmm. maps that are just, I don't know what the right word is, oblong, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you would each start at your spawns and meet in the middle, and you would like capture these objectives along the way, and then you'd be fighting for the same objective always, right? Because once you captured that objective, your team could spawn there, and so they would just run towards the next objective. And so your objective was to push all the way through the map. And then blow up two bombs that they had in their spawns. Interesting. Yeah, that's kind of cool. 
you know what the best part of that game mode is? Huh? There's no lobby timer. Think about that. What? The longest game of Rush that I played was over two and a half hours. Oh my god. For one game. One game. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, which would make it absolutely insane. See, that's why I play first-person shooters. It's like, I have 15 minutes to kill. Let me turn off my brain and shoot a gun. And, whoa, that's so much. Yep, because the game ended by blowing up the bombs. That's how the game ended. If nobody could do it, then the game didn't end. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was so much fun. It was so much fun. I loved it. That's... That sounds crazy, and that sounds awesome at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, uh, so one thing, I, I guess it's kind of an Easter egg. This is one thing I really wanted to talk about when I saw it. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, a, and I'm sorry if I pronounce this wrong, a uh, fascinating gun in Battlefield 1 called the Calibri, which uh, is a 2mm pistol. To put that in perspective, a 2mm pistol would fit in the palm of your hand. Can you spell K-O-L-I-B-R-I. It is, um, it is a gun that you can, that in the game, you, apparently it's like dog shit gun, which makes sense. It's two millimeter. (laughs) And you wield it with literally just your thumb and your pointer finger. And that's all. Like, if you don't, like, I just spelled it out for him. Google it if you've never even heard of it. It's a real gun. It is the smallest gun um to be uh to be uh i think manufactured by a main gun mm-hmm. company um that's so small <laughs> and i saw people using it and i thought it was the funniest thing ever but you know it's a real gun there are pictures mm-hmm. of it in the in like compared to a penny and it looks like if you just put it like you can make like you could take like seven pennies make it in the shape of a gun and that's the exact size that you have for that gun <laughs> yeah 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 that so especially in world war one like this is factual like tanks didn't exist there hadn't really been like this was the first time i feel like a major war involved mostly guns right Mm -hmm. like in world war one or explosives or rockets and so some of the things that were actually attempted in real life during world war one they put into battlefield Um, yeah like a pea shooter yeah, like the pea shooter, like the uh, like armored vehicles it had never been done before before World War One, um, and so you really saw some really cool blends of like this is a truck that has a turret on the back but armored paneling along the sides, or like this. It's like you really saw the creative process that happened in real life, and then they put that in a battlefield because it allows for tons and tons of different types of guns that you can use i think in battlefield 5 there's a gun that's called the photography gun and it was like something along the lines of of the first attempt at like being able to record during the battle Mm -hmm. and that was in world war ii and i think it was also like further down led to night vision but it was it was a real gun. It was essentially a gun that used a photography lens as its scope. That's interesting. Yeah. And so you saw like you really get to see a lot of really crazy different guns and it's not just like copy and paste kind of like god. Right. So 
one last, uh, I think we can go on to, it's kind of two topics in one. Mm-hmm. Um, so on our uh, very first, first episode, episode ever, which very was call it, which was our episode about Call of Duty. Um, go check it out. Uh, it's there. There's an amazing comment um, by a commenter named Hayden. Uh, thank you, Hayden, for your comment. Uh, he says, my suggestion on an upcoming talking point could be comparing strategic shooters like Rainbow Six Siege and Counter-Strike to arcade shooters like Call of Duty. Now, disclaimer, we will talk about Rainbow Six Siege and Counter-Strike and stuff like that in later episodes. So we're not going to be focusing on specifically those. But what I want to talk about is the fact that he's talking about real uh, tactical shooters versus arcade shooters. Where would you put battlefield it looks like it's in the middle yeah i mean you i remember in preparation i think you asked me this a couple of days ago and i had no response i ha- i still don't know if i have a, re- a real good ex- response i think i would say it's in the middle mm-hmm. um just because of the realistic effects like having to deal with weather or getting your tank stuck in a mud or sandstorm or typhoons all different real effects that happen in real life and you have to deal with in battlefield and it changes the way you play the game uh or like the physics of blowing stuff up like all that stuff is super realistic um and i think leads to an element of being tactical because uh well that coupled with the squad function that's what i was gonna yeah. say the squad function seems like it'd be a lot more tactical of, yes of a lot more teamwork and 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 uh you have to maybe develop a plan yeah absolutely absolutely but then you also have things like people attaching c4 to atvs and then just driving it off cliffs and blowing up all the people down below mm-hmm. <laughs> you know or jumping right. out of planes and landing crazy snipes so i i think it does land right in the middle um, I really do think especially Battlefield 1 is like the perfect blend of realistic shooters and like an element of being tactical with something that feels arcadey and fun. And like that's the thing like Rainbow Six, I feel like makes me I enjoyed it for a little while. I don't like the person that I become when I play Rainbow Six. <laughs> he is bitter. It's not angry. He hates everybody, and then he has to sit and watch other people play, which just pisses him off more. I hate that. Yeah, for uh, so uh, we'll we'll definitely do an episode on Siege, but uh, it, uh, well, it'll be a flip of script when uh, when we do because Rainbow Six Siege is my wheelhouse. Weirdly enough, as the even though I'm the RPG guy, the uh, Siege was my thing for few years and uh yeah i did competitions and stuff so that'll be a that'll be a really interesting episode to talk about you could pull me back into it if you tried i'm just saying dude i i i played on i played on xbox with an xbox clan yeah um and i'm too scared to try it on pc it's the pc PC community is a menace on siege it's hard but if you want i have it if you wanted to play it i'd be down just so you know. I think I have it too. So nice. this, anyways, this isn't about Siege. <laughs> um, but I think the yeah Battlefield seems like it's right in the middle. And uh, now that does lead to the final topic I want to talk about. Okay, which is COD versus Battlefield. 
what does one game do better than the other? And we were not going to use this opportunity to just shit on COD. We talked, we praised a lot yeah, of Battlefield. I love COD. I, I, yeah, I think that there are things that probably COD does a lot better than Battlefield. Now that, again, I like I said, I have not played Battlefield. So I will, most of these opinions will be on Jordan. No pressure. Um, I got it. No so problem. if you want to shit on opinions, if you want to shit on anyone in the comments, <laughs> I'm just a bystander. <laughs> Oh, man. Apparently, you never took the bullying program. Bystanders are just as bad as the bully. Come on. <laughs> right. Be on my side. Well, I'm enabling it, so it's whatever. <laughs> um, okay, so overall, let's just... Actually, no, I'm going to answer that at the end. But a couple of main differences, right? So you have the arcade-style respawn. It's a small map. It's very fast-paced. You don't even really necessarily have a lot of time to think. And that's why when you pull off like a thousand IQ play, it is really fun in COD because you just don't have that ability to think. Like there's no there's no time to think. It's just push forward, right? In Battlefield, you really have to think about like, okay, how am I going to approach this objective? Is it going to be with the rest of my team or do I want to try to maybe take a vehicle, come around the backside of the objective and try to like pinch, you know? But also, if you go off by yourself in Battlefield, that kind of creates its own problem because now you're not with your squad. Now you're, when you die, you can't respawn in that location, especially if you're pushing an objective because again, you can only spawn on a uh an, an objective that you've captured and is not currently contested uh no, no no actually you can spawn on objectives that are contested in battlefield but um or your squad or one of those little recon like thingamajigs those recon stations that let you respond there mm -hmm. so if you take that opportunity and go around like you have to really think about what you're doing and you can't let yourself become an easy target because if you do that, you're dead, and then all the time that you spent trying to get to this location is wasted. Um, which, it's I don't know if I can say that it's better or worse. I think it's just different. I think mm -hmm. it, they're just different, you know? And I, I do kind of enjoy that COD has been trying to rope in the Battlefield community lately with things like, I don't remember what they called it in Modern Warfare, but Modern Warfare essentially had the fire team as well like mm -hmm. a 64-player lobby. Um, and I, I do enjoy that. They're trying to promote squad play. Um, they just, they still don't do it as well as Battlefield does. Oh, God, gun to my head. I think if you forced me to pick, I would pick COD. But I, that being said, Battlefield 1, I think, is still the best first-person shooter of all time. Hmm. Gotcha. So, so it's really it's, you're asking a lot of me to like try to go through and like mm -hmm. explain that, but I think Battlefield One is the best first person shooter of all time. But if you if you made me pick a franchise, I think I would pick COD. Is it because of the consistency of you already like if if another COD came out, you already know how it works. You already know what loadouts you're going to pick. You already know what the perks are going to be. They're going to be very similar. Not much is going to be different, but there's going to be different maps, different guns, that kind of stuff. That being, but with Battlefield, it seems like every time a Battlefield comes out, it could be pretty different. Yes. Um, I, th I think that plays a major part in it. Um, I think also cod has like activision in general has been has just become this content monster 
where it seems like every month we're getting new content, which is something that EA and Battlefield have yet to figure out, where EA still kind of runs on like a DLC method. I I think... I don't think they charge for their DLCs. I think they just charge for skins, like in microtransactions. Um, But it's still like a DLC thing. Like, here's four new maps that we'll give you once every, you know, three months. And I actually, I don't think that that's better. I think having something along the lines of a battle pass and releasing one map, like, every month, I actually think that's better. I think that keeps your community more engaged in the game because there's always new content. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. Like, it, there's a reason to keep playing. when Because when a player's done with all the maps then or done with your skins, then he, he's going to go on to a different game. Because yeah. games like Call of Duty, which I think is an amazing game if you want to burn a little bit of time. Like, there are multiple times where Jordan will text me saying, like, hey, or, or like, call me and say, Hey, I got like 20 minutes. You want to play a game of COD? And I don't, th- I think if we were both mainly Battlefield players, that's not an option. We, that's not an option. We can't just be like, Hey, I got 20 minutes. You want to play some Battlefield? It would be like, you know, I got an hour. Do you want to play some yeah. Battlefield? I had an hour. And, do you want to play one game of Battlefield? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, or half a game of tug of war. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it, I think it's a good game for that. And I do think it, it and, uh, it, Battlefield seems like it would be a lot more of an investment, but I also feel like it would get more, it would feel more rewarding to do well in. I agree 100%. It is an investment. It's investment in time and energy and effort. But when you start doing well and you start getting above the herd, it does feel much more rewarding than it, than Mm. how it feels in COD. Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah, so let us know what you guys think in the uh, in in the comments and on Twitter as well. So if if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and you really can't, there's no comments section. We're on Twitter. Um, uh, it's the slow burn right now with that Twitter. Um, <laughs> also, every since we're not revealing uh, our next game, uh, every Wednesday I will post a uh, a teaser of what our next game is going to be about. It'll always be just like a little portion of the thumbnail. That's at vid game podcast. Um, or, uh, sorry, at a vid game podcast. Um, then, like I said, we're on Spotify and Apple, Apple podcasts. So if you want to listen, please listen. Uh, let us know what other subjects you want to talk about. Uh, and let us know, uh, let us know what games we should talk about. Jordan, you have anything to add? Um, there's not a comment section, but they can leave us a little rate and review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Yeah, so, nice. you know, go ahead. Leave a little little review. Maybe we'll read it. And maybe we'll tell you to fuck off. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> well, just for – even if you're nice to us, we'll just be like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, we don't need your validation even though we asked for it. Okay. Wait, wait. Last second before we sign off. Mm-hmm. Have – like, do you think you would buy Battlefield One? Do you think I could I could talk you into that? Is that something? Is that something that could happen? On a sale. Yeah, if it's for sale. On a sale. Because um, I have, I have a lot of games, and I, I've I've started to have less and less time. I know. On my hands. And so Call of Duty has been kind of nice because I can just burn some time, 15, 30 minutes at a time, um, but. 
and I'm still learning the ropes with uh, with, with COD. COD. Yeah. And so I feel like if I just jump ship and went to Battlefield right now, I would want to only focus on one or the other. That's and, fair. And I now that I'm just getting the hang of COD, I feel like I would just be lost. I don't want to be lost again immediately. You'd be lost in the sauce. Lost in that sauce. <laughs> um. Okay. No, that's that's very fair. I will accept that answer. That's a good answer. Being an adult means that you have money for all of the video games that you want to play, but no time to play them. Yeah, it also well, or it can mean you have no money because you're paying for your rent and your <laughs> your electricity and your dog. That too. And... That too. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, I all envy. Right. I want to be a kid again. I, I know, envy. right? I envy you kids out there that can play video games all day. Dude, you don't know how good you have it, man. You have it so good. You yeah, have it so good. Look forward to growing up. <laughs> eventually when we eventually when you when we if we get popular enough and we end up like doing video podcasts where you can actually see us, mm-hmm. you're gonna look at us and be like, Oh god, I'm gonna turn into those <laughs> with our uh, sad eyes. I know. They're sad eyes. Oh, On that note, God, they're sad, sunken eyes. Oh, they're sad eyes. <laughs> On that note, though, <laughs> I think we could wrap it up right there. It's, it's yeah, a pretty good note. Leave it on a positive note. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, uh, like, comment, share, subscribe, share it. Especially, it's huge for a small, growing podcast like us. Uh, and if you like what we're doing, let us know. Yeah, or, or even if you don't, let us know. I'd love yeah, to have that if, little engagement in the comments. I mainly control the comments, so I'll try to pull in the reins for, for Jordan. Yeah, Although he has his own personal there. YouTube, so he might just go for you on there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, peace out, guys. All right. Bye, everyone. <laughs>